Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by the Carnivore Bar, an ancestrally inspired meal replacement bar. It has simple ingredients, beef, tallow, and salt. It's shelf-stable, it's portable and convenient, it's great for hikes, long business trips, traveling, or just an easy, ready-to-eat option to have in your pantry. It's the perfect combination of crunchy and creamy texture. Go to carnivorebar.com and use code CARNWARECAST to save. Thank you. Jody Schwartz is a 19-year-old independent researcher studying the link between nutrition and disease. He spent much of the last two years digging deep into the scientific literature, which enabled him to reach the conclusion that a diet comprised of solely animal-derived foods is optimal for human health. On his YouTube channel titled Carnivore Camaraderie, he shares science, a host of personal experiences, and conducts podcasts, all of which to serve to reinforce his belief that a carnivore diet is the absolute best action a person can undertake to achieve good health. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Joey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited to talk. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, it seems like you have a wealth of knowledge for um, someone your age. I wish I wish I had what you had when I was 19. Um, but how, how did you get here? Tell me about your story um, and your health journey. Yeah, so uh, it started when I was about 15, 16, getting into lifting weights with my friends. And we're all starting to really try to put on muscle. And what we quickly realized is that diet is an integral component to getting strong. But the problem was what we were being told to eat didn't really work in application. So we're being told to go with the whey protein shakes and lots of bananas and um, almond milk and uh, avocados for fat, no saturated fat. And it was all just this, you know, the standard of advice that we hear purported just constantly um, in, in all spaces, whether it be medical or bodybuilder areas or all, all that stuff. And we followed it. So all my friends started doing it. Um, and some got results because what they did was they cut out their processed stuff, like they processed grains and seed oils and sugars and stuff. So some of them actually got really good results. But me having been in a family with a nutritionist and um, having been just around whole foods my whole life, didn't experience benefits. I actually got worse. So I started eating this stuff, this, uh, you know, carbs and no fat and all this, just, just taking on this lifestyle that really wasn't good for me. And I ended up getting some skin issues like rosacea and some pimples. And I was chronically fatigued as well. And I kind of had this realization that humans should not be this way. Like there's gotta be something going on because there's no way that in a natural state, anybody would have to suffer these things that I'm dealing with. And they weren't even debilitating. They weren't even that bad. It was just, they're not normal. I mean, we shouldn't be sick. We shouldn't have any of these things, like none of them. And I, I realized that. And so I wanted to fix it. And I started researching just nutrition, just trying to read the studies. Because what I quickly found was that every study was saying something different. There's somebody saying high carb is good, low carb is good. I just need to read this stuff and figure it out myself. So that's what I did. I quickly found that low carb is better. Like that was easy to find. I found that within 30 minutes of just looking at studies because the low carb group is doing every, is having better biomarkers in every single uh, way. 
like everything's better within the low carb groups. And I found that out relatively fast. So I say, okay, I'm going to cut out carbs. And so I stopped eating processed carbs. I stopped eating carbs in general, fruit, all that stuff, but I was eating vegetables. So I was doing keto. Uh, I, I knew I was doing keto. I was doing high fat too, but I wasn't eating saturated fat. I was scared of saturated fat still. I, I still hadn't done the research that I've done more recently showing that saturated fat is actually not a risk factor at all. In fact, saturated fat is correlated with positive health outcomes. Same with LDL, positive health outcomes, especially from a, a psychiatric standpoint and other ways as well. But I didn't know this at the time. So I'm eating polyunsaturated fats. I'm eating monounsaturated fats in the form of nuts, um, olive oil, seeds, stuff like that. And it was, you know, no saturated fat, no good fats. And I I was in ketosis, I think, but I was fatigued. I felt pretty bad uh, for most of the day. Um, my mood was somewhat more stable, you could say. And I guess my mental clarity was better to a degree. However, I was getting these flare-ups every time I ate a bunch of vegetables because I, I was eating tons of vegetables, tons of olive oil, like I said. It was really big on the olive oil and coconut. I guess I had a little bit of saturated fat in the, in the form of coconut oil, but it wasn't significant. And I wasn't doing well. So I, I still wasn't doing well. I knew something was still wrong. And then I'm scrolling through some social media platforms like YouTube or TikTok or something. And I see Paul Saladino talking about how vegetables are toxic. He has a shirt that says like kale is bullshit on it. And he's like this, I think he's crazy. I, I, I just kept scrolling, didn't really pay much attention to it. But this guy keeps on popping up. Like I can't get rid of him because I'm watching this whole video. So it keeps coming up on my feet because I'm just fascinated by this. I think it's the craziest thing in the world, but I, it keeps showing me more of him. And eventually I decide, okay, you know, this guy keeps showing up. I need to just at least look into what he's saying. And it all started to make sense. Um, he's saying that the parts of the, of the plant, like the, the, the vegetables, like the roots, the, the leaves, the stems, the tubers, these are the parts of the plant that protect the uh, growth of the fruit. So the fruit wants to germinate its seeds. Everything in nature wants to reproduce. And the vegetables aid in, in, in that happening. The vegetables need to protect themselves so they're not eaten because if the vegetables are eaten, then the fruit basically dies. No seeds germinate. And I say, okay, you know, this makes sense. I, I'll give it a try. And so for six months, I ate meat and fruit and I felt amazing. I felt really, really good. And then it wasn't until six months ago that I cut out the fruit and felt even better. Uh, just really, really good without fruit. And and, you know, I've just decided to start a YouTube channel and start speaking with people and be on social media because I can, you know, relate to a different audience than like Ken Barry and Bart Kay and Anthony Chafee can just being younger. Uh, I've talked, I've convinced a fair amount of teenagers to start trying this, eating more animal-based, cutting out processed stuff. And yeah, so at this point, I'm just putting out content and my goal is to just continue getting healthier and helping other people do the same. That's really awesome. Um, and it's so cool to hear hear your story. And I, I think you have a lot of self-awareness as well, to even dating back to that first thing you said when you're like, it's not normal for, for humans to, to feel this way. Um, like this can't be our normal state. Um, do you credit that to like growing up in a household with a nutritionist or like where, how, how do you think you got to be that way? Yeah. Uh, well, 
growing up in a house with a, a nutritionist, it was kind of maybe set me back actually because we were we didn't have fat in the house, so we had that we cooked egg whites and um, we had salads all the time, and that's what I thought was good for me. Um, is your question like how I was able to get into this sort of like? Yeah, just to like, have you always been like a natural like questioning? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, my, my parents will tell me like, Joey, you always ask us questions. You wouldn't shut up. You wouldn't stop asking us questions. And I, I've always been just so curious about everything. Like, why? Why is the ocean blue? Why? Why? How does the TV work? How does the? How do a, a camera work? Like, how does this? Nothing made sense to me. I was always asking them annoying questions, but I, I've always been curious and I've always been a nonconformist to a degree. I've never really had views that align with those of everyone else, which now I realize is kind of a good thing when, yeah, it's it's a what, yeah when, when it seems like most people are, are wrong, you know, like the one that when, if everyone follows one path, it's probably a path that's incorrect. Just from all that I've learned in the last year or so, just people didn't really get it right. So I've always been questioning things. I've, I've never really, I've always been very, very skeptical too. Uh, I don't believe things that people tell me I never have. Um, like I, I, my, my teachers throughout all of elementary school, they would give me bad grades on my report cards for not respecting authority, but it wasn't a matter of respect. It was more like, I didn't believe what they were saying. Like I, I, I've always just not, I've always just been, you know, Crit- critical you could yeah. say of like what, yeah. of what people say and, and it's kind of, um skeptic right right it's, it's it's definitely led me to where i am i'm definitely grateful yeah. for that it's better than believing everything you're, you're just they want you to believe yeah yeah that's that's awesome it's definitely a strength um in today's world to be able to question and uh dig dig a couple layers deeper and not take things for granted um and you mentioned feeling really fatigued even when you were on um a, basically a ketogenic diet do yeah. you think that was more a factor of the plants and the anti-nutrients or um the lack of um bioavailable nutrients from like beef and other things containing saturated fat like lack of b vitamins and stuff like that this episode is brought to you by bioptimizers and their amazing magnesium breakthrough formula for stress relief and better sleep on a carnivore diet Try it yourself at www.magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash carnivorecasts and use code carnivore10 to save and help support the show. For August, they've prepared a special offer for our listeners. You'll be able to buy magnesium and get free bottles of the full line of digestive health products, including Masszymes, patented probiotics, and more. Check them out at magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash carnivorecast and remember to use carnivore 10. Thank you. It was a couple things. There was a couple reasons why I felt so badly. Uh, definitely, as you said, the, the vegetables. I mean, they were really messing me up. I know that they were messing me up because I've even tried adding, like trying a vegetable, just just throwing it in randomly uh, in the past few months. And it, it just, it messes me up. I mean, the, I know what they do. I knew that every time I ate peppers, especially peppers, they were bad. My skin just got so red. I, I knew it then. Um, I, I just kept eating them because I figured they were healthy. It was so stupid in uh, in retrospect, but you know, I, I so it was definitely the anti nutrients. Those were those were doing it. Those were doing a problem, um, conferring a detriment, a big one. And I also was nutrient deficient. I mean, I, I had to have been. I wasn't eating saturated fat. There are no other 
bioavailable sources of ADK2. So if I'm not, if you're not eating animal fat, like you're, you're missing out with, without question. Um, so I was definitely in that, in that space. Also the keto adaptation phase, which a lot of people talk about, uh, I, I was just in the heart of it. So, but here's my, here's my thought. And Anthony Chafee has said this a few times before he's talked about how the reason why people have a difficult keto adaptation phase is because they're eating so many vegetables, which is just, uh, really, really messing with their electrolytes and messing with the way they feel due to the anti-nutrient content, just all the toxins. So I, I think that if I had gone from what I was doing, this bodybuilder type diet straight to carnivore, it would have been a smoother transition and less painful, uh, in terms of the length of the keto adaptation phase, simply because I would have been consuming pure nutrition and I wouldn't have had to deal with all the toxins that was just stuffing down my throat. So yeah, keto was difficult. Um, for, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, um, like what, um, what do you think is like the path to making something like you mentioned you and your friends, like finding bodybuilding diets and things like that. It seems like TikTok and these social media apps are like exploding with, um, a lot of like fitness influencers and things like that. Yeah. Um, what do you, what is like your strategy? And also what do you think in general, like needs to happen for um, like this type of eating to become more popular amongst that generation? It's a good question. Yeah. So uh, my strategy in particular is trying to make like, I'm just trying to make good thumbnails and, and titles. I mean, I, like I'm trying to get as popular as I can. I really think that I can help a big number of people and I'm trying to just do it uh, as strategically as I can. So I'm trying to study what does well on YouTube and how to match the algorithm like very well. I've been growing pretty fast. I think I sort of got it down, but I'm trying to just make content that appeals to this niche, this carnivore niche that is growing so fast. And I, I think it's working. Um, as for how to get carnivore into the mainstream, how do we get it big? It's going to come from the bottom up. It's not going to come from the top down. So it's going to come from the little guys who spread it out to all the other little guys. And now we're not so little anymore. And we, we make our way up and it's becomes too big, too powerful for the people up top to neglect. I mean, even at this point, it's kind of crazy to me how the results we're seeing with carnivore are just unbelievably good. I mean, nobody switches back. Nobody goes carnivore and goes back to eating a bunch of plants, despite the restrictive nature of a carnivore diet, seeing as you can only eat like 10 things versus a vegan diet. You can eat a thousand things and everyone switches to uh, omnivorous, if not carnivore diets at some point, assuming you're not an ethical vegan, which in itself is an oxymoron. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just... You know, it's going to happen from the bottom up. It's not going to be the big doctors, the big pharmaceutical companies, the people in control. They're not the ones who are going to advocate for this and eventually get it um, as a protocol or supplementary treatment for people with autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. It's going to happen from people like you and I. So that's uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it has to happen that way. Um, and you mentioned... Um, saturated fat being essential, um, especially like in the form of 
for mental health. And yeah. you talked about research relating higher LDL levels to um, greater mental health. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And do you think, uh, like you, you've probably seen, as I have, a lot of cases of people improving their mental health by switching to a carnivore diet, lowering anxiety, um, depression, things like this, which I'm yeah. always amazed by. Do you think it has a lot to do with, with that pathway or is it, you know, eliminating plants? Is it something else? Um, how do you think about that? Yeah, well, the first thing that we need to establish is that these mental illnesses like anxiety, depression, bipolar, they're not genetic. So they're these are not genetic illnesses. These are predispositions. These are people with predispositions who are eating the triggers like plants that are causing this inflammation in the brain, these bio, this biochemical dysregulation. And as a result, they're getting these mental, mental issues. The reason why you see depression lingering in families, like it's a, in like a familial line is because people have susceptibilities. However, you are not doomed to get depression. There's no human on this earth who is, um, who's going to get depression regardless of what they do. It's not po like, it's not possible because there's nothing in animals in nature. Don't get depression. Animals in nature don't get bipolar disorder. So these things are due to a deviation from natural living habits all the time. So, okay. So seeing as this is true, if these are not in natural context, it's due to deviation, as I said, and this deviation is, you know, exists in the form of poor nutrition lack of saturated fat, too many plants, which is why when people go carnivore, as you said, their mental health improves so much. I mean, I can just speak from personal experience. I'm so much more calm now. It's it's kind of like I'm in a constantly sedated state. Like I can work really hard, be energetic, have fun, be happy, but I'm calm. And it makes sense that humans aren't supposed to be super erratic and just like just all over the place no we're, we're supposed to be calm relaxed we're supposed to be strong but we're at the same time we're, we're not supposed to be just hyperactive all the time even adhd like this stuff is not this stuff is not just genetically genetically passed down no th these are environmental triggers these are epigenetics um so right so having established that right that people aren't just doomed to getting mental disorders it comes down to in many cases uh deficiencies and toxicities it's malnutrition it's toxicities in the forms of plant materials whether it be fiber whether it be oxalates lectins things like that and it's deficiencies in the forms of in many cases fat soluble vitamins a d k2 and also being in a ketogenic state is neuroprotective i mean this has been shown time and time again there are rcts randomized control trials with parkinson's patients they improve with carnivore People with psychiatric issues, bipolar, for example, improve with ke with ketosis. LDL is protective, particularly in people with depression and bipolar. There are randomized controlled trials showing that people with all kinds of these problems, um, even Alzheimer's, improve with ketosis relative to uh, a control group, right? So like one group that's not doing a, a keto diet. And the evidence is just just really, really growing. Chris Palmer talks about it all the time, how ketosis is just, you know, the best thing for people to do. And but there's actual mechanisms in place uh, that can help substantiate this reality, like GABA glutamate. That's one where people with epilepsy have 
too much of this hyper uh, glutamate and not enough GABA and you eat a, a, keto, a ketogenic diet and you have more GABA, which is more calm, uh, like provoking and versus glutamate, which is excitatory. So your brain just sort of is meant to run on fat. It's meant to do well with lots of meat in the diet and not lots of plants. And as a result, uh, when you eat that natural way, you're not going to have these issues that humans really shouldn't have, that nobody should have. So yeah, I think saturated fat, uh, the saturated fat, meat, no plants. That's the, that's the puzzle. That, that, that's the key to a good, great mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and, and like I said, I continue to be, um, surprised by, um, the ways in which this type of eating can, can help people, um, especially mentally. It's, it's really remarkable. Yeah, especially especially considering how modern medicine so quickly dissociates mental health from nutrition, from any extraneous factors. Like, you know, it, it's I, I remember how shocked I was too when I realized that mental health can actually be profoundly impacted by diet. Like, who would have thought, right? I mean, but then again, I'm I go to school or I did go to school um, in high school. It was a pretty well off group of kids, a pretty. Um, like financially stable demographic who clearly didn't have much struggle, uh, you know, from what I knew about them, they didn't have this, these traumatic childhood experiences yet that many of them were depressed on antidepressants, uh, despite not having been through something traumatic in life. Uh, and you know, I I just remember thinking like, why, why is this happening? I mean, this, this shouldn't, this shouldn't happen. It doesn't make sense. And looking back, it's it's malnutrition. I mean, that's really what it is. It's why these people who are rich have lived wonderful lives are taking meds or taking psychotropic medications to, uh, you know, to, to get some sort of false sense of relief because those don't work. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that's really interesting and sad to hear that a, a lot of your peers in, in high school were on antidepressants. Um, that's crazy. Um, and one thing I notice about your channel, Joey, which I think is great. You're, I mean, you're clearly growing it a lot and, uh, putting out a lot of awesome content. You seem to focus a lot, at least lately on interviews with former vegans. Um, what, what do you like about interviewing former vegans and like, what do you think we can glean from that? Yeah, I liked, I like talking to the former vegans a lot, um, because I, I like talking to anyone that's carnivore. Let me just say that. Um, but the vegans, it's a little bit different because they are so open-minded, the former vegans who then go carnivore. It's like to be in that cult, like cult, like space. And then to go from that to the complete opposite of carnivore, it takes a special kind of person. And that's what I've noticed. I mean, there are a lot of people who are carnivore like myself who don't who okay let's just let's just say everyone who's carnivore is 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 cool i mean i haven't met a certain i haven't met a single carnivore person that i don't like just because to be a carnivore you need to be a a non-conformist as well by definition you're not conforming with what we're being told you're recognizing that the government is wrong and that the best way to ensure good health is by doing something that almost directly opposes it like direct directly contradicts it the vegans in addition to sharing a, a powerful story that can positively affect a lot of people, they 
they have there's something about them i don't know it's like i just like talking to them also they they do well on youtube the former vegans like 15 year vegan goes carnivore for five years and reverses debilitating illness like people are gonna watch that and it makes the vegans upset like it, it really makes them mad because which is good we we want their mission to fail it's just it's just extremely harmful but um yeah it's like when when they're going vegan and it literally destroys their health and then they go carnivore again um or like not again but they go carnivore and then they get every this complete relief it's like this is a very powerful sentiment it's a testament to the power of eating meat and i just think that's a good message to spread also it's kind of an untapped space in the youtube area like there are a lot of um youtubers who do interviews with professionals and other youtubers and doctors but people aren't really interviewing the former vegans uh as far as i've seen and as kind of it's kind of a space that i've tried to fill so yeah and then people are, are enjoying it so yeah yeah that's one thing i've always really liked doing on my podcast is trying to mix the like experts and professionals and doctors with an equals one case studies right um, and I, I built a lot of um a lot of great relationships that way too, like having people like Brett Lloyd on and um, Dr. Nevada Gray and folks, folks who had never been on podcasts before. So um, that's that's really great. And, and I love the way you're doing it. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you is like, you keep coming back to carnivore is the natural way for humans to eat. Um, yeah. What, what, uh, like what way do you like to construct that thesis or like, how do you like to think about it? Is it from the biological perspective, anthropological? Like, how do, how do you, um, what what has really convinced you of that? Uh, I'd say the anthropological is a pretty powerful way to uh, to really understand that. Just knowing that we were in the trees, Australopithecus, probably 5 million years ago, eating fruit, came down from the trees, um, which is why, you know, we evolved from herbivores, which is why we still, we don't have fangs. We don't have these like huge claws because we evolved from herbivores uh, and there was no selective pressure to lose those things, especially when they were so important in basic human activities like nurturing a child and communicating. So it would be hard to talk if we had these huge things in our mouths. Um, and so, you know, stable nitrogen 15 isotope testing is showing that we ate almost exclusively meat. We got our protein from animal foods, not from plants. Stable nitrogen 15 isotope testing, very, very powerful. The fact that every single nutrient is more bioavailable in meat. Like, how like how do people not make this, this simple connection? We are carnivores. We're facultative carnivores. If we weren't, then we would be able to derive nutrition from plants. Unfortunately, we can't do that. Or maybe fortunately, because they taste like crap. Um, fiber, we can't, we can't use it. Like, we eat fiber. It just goes right through us. Gorillas can get something like 70 to 80% saturated fat from the fiber that they uh, digest and ferment. We don't have that that capability. We have the vestigial organ that used to be a, a large cecum that we used to digest fiber, and now we can't do it. We are, we are carnivores, clearly. You know, if, like, people recommend eating fiber, it's you can't digest it. Like, why would you eat, eat something that you can't digest? It just goes right through you meat the reason why we have such few bowel movements is because we consume pure nutrition just pure nutrients nothing else um there's lots of reasons omega-3 oils metabolism is a big one we know how important omega-3s are and 
we can't get omega-3 from plants. You can get ALA, but the conversion to omega-3 is abysmal. And or like the conversion from ALA to DHA and EPA is really, really bad. And your ratios are just all uh, messed up because of the amount of omega-6 that is in seeds and other plants and stuff. Uh, so, you know, everything just points to us having eaten lots of meat. And then we look at what happened when we stopped. So we look at what happened post-agricultural revolution. We go from 6'3 to being like 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, we go from having well-developed jaws to needing to like having smaller jaws and needing our wisdom teeth taken out. Um, you know, we're we're not really doing too well at this point from a health stamp from a health standpoint. Also, people say, well, we died at age 20 to 30 years old. How do you know? I don't believe that at all. I think I don't think there's any real uh, convincing proof that early humans died at that age. And, you know, yeah, th th there's no reason to to actually believe that, especially when there are people in meat eating populations that are living until 120, um, one, 140. I think humans are supposed to live until 140 to 150. Uh, just that should be, I think that's about our set point. I really believe that eating a natural human diet is the best way to maximize longevity. And, you know, vegans will sometimes say, well, people do well on, on plant-based diets and the plant-based populations are the ones that live the longest. Well, the, the, the problem with that is of course the health user bias, but again, if you admit that the natural human diet is meat, you kind of dug yourself into a hole because now the burden of proof is on you to suggest that somehow humans are the only anomaly in nature that doesn't do well on their natural diet. The burden on proof is on, the burden of proof is on the vegans now because that's a pretty drastic thing to say. It's pretty radical to suggest that we do best on a diet that is novel to us. It's a really strange idea. They need to prove it until they do. We should stick to our natural diet. And I, I think the anthropological aspect is extremely powerful. You can also just look at um, anecdotes and run the test on yourself. But once I realized that carnivore is a natural diet, that's when I realized like I'm not going back unless they prove they prove that uh, unless they prove their point. We should assume that a natural diet is best. Yeah, I I, I think that's a great. I, I think it's a confluence of factors. And like you said, once you understand, um, like even the bioavailability, it's, it's very hard to deny that, um, that is our preferred fuel source and our preferred diet, um, as, as facultative carnivores. What do you think of, um, I'll just say recent, um, arguments in the carnivore low carb space that being in a constant zero carb um, state or um, not having certain sources of either fruit or honey or other sources of carbohydrates occasionally um, can be detrimental in the long run. Yeah, uh, I think that a lot of times people on carnivore diets, they don't eat enough protein and they fall into the state of insulin suppression, which is kind of a, a term that's been circulating around a lot now, uh, which you know, makes sense. If you're not, if you're not eating enough protein, you don't get the insulin spike and we need that insulin spike for electrolyte regulation. And, um, it's, it, it's really, really important. So like Paul Saladino, let's just say it like Paul, I think he, um, he, I think he was 
you know, I don't think he was doing carnivore right in that he wasn't eating enough protein. I think that, you know, he, he's, he's a bit of an anomaly. It seems like he's just, I like, I don't doubt that he's doing better with fruit and maybe some people do feel better with fruit, but it's a clear indication that something in the way that like some way that they were doing carnivore was not correct because like this is the way we are designed to eat and maybe it's that he was missing you know he's missing boron like maybe his body needed more boron or he needed uh like he needed more of an insulin spike as i was saying you know like regardless we know what fructose does so like we know that fructose is a toxin it causes more glycation than glucose does it's it metabolizes into fat it's it's going he's going to pay the price for what he's doing eventually um you know i i i did the fruit thing myself so i know i know both sides i was heavily uh sort of intertwined with that group of people for a long time before going to the carnivore group of people um you know i don't know it's it's, it's an interesting one we need we need more more research on it what do you think about the fruit the fruit thing yeah, I'm 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 not really decided either way. Um, I think it can be dangerous going into the argument of like that person isn't doing the diet right, because that's the same argument a lot of vegans make. Um, yeah. not to say it's it couldn't be true. It very well could be. Um I think like we don't really know. There there isn't enough um experience of like there is a lot of anecdotal evidence of people on carnivore only long term thriving, doing very well. Yeah. Um, zero carb um, uh, Facebook group proves that, and folks like Kelly Hogan and others who have been doing this for a very long time, hundreds of people. Um, but I don't think there have been a lot of people who have been doing a meat and fruit diet for a long period of time. Um, and really like dug in compared biomarkers compared, um, even clinical symptoms, like how they're feeling, how they're doing things like that. So I think it's really hard to say. And a lot of the mechanistic arguments, um, that a lot of people make, including Paul, um, I think it's tough because those mechanisms are fundamental to human biology, but they are usually studied not in people on a carnivore diet. And um, I, I just think like focusing too acutely on like one or two studies that show a certain mechanism or a certain result um, can be really dangerous. Yeah. Um, and whenever you're looking at science and trying to change your opinion at something, you should look at the body of research and other sources. Like I said, like anecdotes, biology, anthropology, et cetera. Um, so, I'm still not sold either way. Um, I think my my general feeling is like if people want to try it and experiment and see if they feel better, that's fine. That's totally cool. I'm not like a carnivore purist. I'm not gonna <laughs> say someone isn't carnivore if they they eat a few other things. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, but if if you're thriving on an all meat diet, you feel awesome. Um, you feel healthy, your, your symptoms of whatever you're struggling with are, are gone or down, then keep, keep doing what you're doing. You, you don't, you shouldn't feel afraid that you're not having fruit or something else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. I think that it's actually possible and I've gotten 
some criticism from people I've I've spoken to this about. But I think that it's possible that some people will actually benefit from from fruit during the warm months. So 100% not year round. But I think it's there's a chance that when it's really sunny outside and you're getting lots of sun, if you're going to eat a piece of fruit, it could actually be beneficial for some people and only when it's hot out. Um, I, I think that could actually make some sense um, just considering that we need the sun or to, to metabolize fructose, which of course, like fruit would only be around during the warmer months. So of course, you're only going to eat fruit when it's when there's a sun outside. Um, yeah, th- th- that's my thought. Uh, I, I don't same yeah. with you. I don't have I don't have anything against the people who are eating fruit. I, personally, I think that there's probably too many of them. Like this is probably a really small group of people who would do well with the implementation of fruit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, time will tell. I think. Um, so Joey, why did you decide to name your YouTube channel Carnivore Camaraderie? I'm curious what the what the message is there. Uh, just uh tight-knit group of people. I mean, I, I knew when I was, before I even started my YouTube channel, just having scrolled through so many subreddits that it was a real community of people who were like supporting each other and they were all very much into it. So I, yeah, it's just, it's a camaraderie. And even now I can say that that name is, uh, it, it's held, it's proven to be true. It, it really is a, a group. I have a people who are reach, who reached out to me and they're like, Joey, I'm going to design a website for you. I'm going to do this and that for you. I'm going to like help you out with all this stuff. Just, just, you know, they, they don't gain anything out of it. It's just uh, people who recognize that I'm trying to do something good and they're, you know, uh, being nice. They're rewarding me for it. So it, yeah, I, I think I, I like that. I picked the name. It was kind of just a random little like carnivore camaraderie sound. You have some alliteration there. Sounds fine. That, that was, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. I, I agree. Um, and I think community is such a vital part of um, people trying this um, way of eating or or doing something against the norm and, and feeling confident and supported. Um, you know, not everyone is, a lot of people are self-conscious about their, their diet decisions. Um, and it can feel alienating if you're not around other people who are um, trying this or thinking this way or eating this way. So I think community is, is absolutely awesome. And people get it through podcasts, people get it through Facebook groups, through Instagram, different ways, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really like that. Joey, um, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, really enjoyed the conversation, getting to know you and, I'm really excited to to watch you grow and and see your future in the space. I know it's going to be uh, a very bright one. Um, where can folks find you? And and I'll have links to everything in the show notes. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube, Carnivore Camaraderie. I recently started a new channel where I just post little clips to the podcast. So Carnivore Camaraderie clips, and on Instagram at Carnivore underscore Camaraderie. So you can find me there. Also, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, it's Joey A. Schwartz at iCloud.com. You can find that in my description on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's, it's been uh, it's been great talking and um, we could do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Let's definitely do that. Thank you, Joey. Sure. Have a good one. You too. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the Carnivore Cast on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create content on Carnivore. There are also exclusive perks available, such as private Q&As, consultations with me, and more. 
Become a supporter at patreon.com slash carnivorecast. Check the episode description for the link. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at carnivorecast or go to carnivorecast.com. You can also email me at info at carnivorecast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.